Hey, I'm Sydney. I'm Ashley. And you're about to listen to some rough shit. Some really sad, stupid shit. But if you love tea... We're about to serve you some tea, girl. Girl, you better pull up a chair. You better get cozy. Because we're serving you the piping hot tea about the end of our very long-term relationship. (laughs) (laughs) And how devastated we are. We are so sad. Wow! I've never been sadder in my life. (laughs) We're all having a great time. It's going to be fine. We're going to get through it together. Well, me and Ashley are. Beverage, um, cheers to you, my friend. Um, And if you've ever been broken up with or have had to break up a long-term relationship, get ready to relive that. (laughs) Just relive it. This show is going to be about us talking to each other about our ill-timed breakups and about how we are working through those issues yeah and growing from them and how and how hopefully and how we've been there for each other and how the women in our lives have been there and how we're just dealing maybe you'll relate about how to deal how to deal i hope that it teaches you how to deal too I get a phone call. Yeah. I think it's my alarm clock. So I just mute that shit because it's a Sunday. And then my phone rings again and I pick it up and you're driving and I'm like, hello. And I'm annoyed because it's 10 a.m. and I spent the whole night out. And you say, this is an emergency which freaked me the fuck out. So I sit up immediately and I'm like, what, where are you? What's going on? And you say that you're driving back from your ex's apartment. Mm-hmm. Would you like to explain to the audience what had, what had just occurred upon the apartment? Mm-hmm. Yes. And this happened about two weeks ago now, maybe a little more than that. And I've been to therapy twice since then. And I've not been able to talk about it in therapy. And I have not told probably anybody but you and Joy. Uh-huh. And aka my boss. And I want to talk about it now. We're going to talk about it. So... <laughs> what happened was... Uh, so, you know, everything had been okay with the ex and I. We had had a therapy session in which... We did a lot of processing. It was really beautiful. It was really respectful. She finally told me basically why she broke up with me, which was that she did not, in fact, want to have an open relationship with me. She wanted to be single. She didn't think it was possible for her to explore that with me. And she also told me that she felt that she had put me in a role that I did not necessarily want to play, which was her taking care of me. And she admitted that that was something that I did not like ask her for or need from her, but that she kind of put us in those roles and that she did not want that and all that basically. Um, So, but we were in a good place, right? Like I had really like let go a lot after that therapy session and was like happy to have her like still in my life and happy to have us getting along about Frankie, um, the dog. And so she had texted me um, maybe that, Thursday or Friday, so this happened Sunday, 
asking if I would like to keep Frankie for the weekend. And due to my circumstances, I could not. And I told her that, but I said, you know, on Sunday, like, I can come get her from you for a few hours. Like, if you don't, if you want to, like, make yourself scarce on Sunday, then, like, I can come get her and, like, I'll drop her off for you, like, whenever. And she was agreeable. She was like, yeah, yeah, great, thanks. So, Saturday night, we arranged that she would be gone and that I would go to her house at 10. I have a key. And that I would get Frankie and that I'd spend the day with Frankie and that when I was ready, I would drop her off at the house and my ex would also not be there. So that morning I drive to the West Bank. I unlock the house. Frankie's there. She greets me. Um, and I am just kind of like grabbing all of Frankie's things. Cause like the ex had not packed like a bag or anything. And so I was like just looking around for her collar and her leash and some treats, things like that. And I notice on a desk some flowers. And I look at the flowers and I see a note next to the flowers that says uh, a heart and Kelly. Nothing occurs to me. Then I look and I see like a bottle of perfume and like a pair of earrings. And I'm like, what? Like my brain is not functioning. And at that point I don't understand why, but I just decided to open that desk drawer. And when I pulled it open, I saw notes and maybe 10 to 20 Polaroids of my ex and presumably Kelly uh, in various states of undress. Uh, and then also photos of this girl's dog and my dog. Not together, but separate. And I like blacked out. I I don't know if my brain could even process what I had seen. I read the note. They apparently met at Pensacola Pride. Had sex. They're having this little whatever this is moment with each other. And it killed me it killed me I you know I have been hooking up with other people and I kind of assumed that she had been as well and you know I could come to terms with that but walking in and having to see it and be confronted with that information and like physically see like her with someone else basically it, it undid me and I am not proud of what I did but I fucked her shit up. Your shit up. I fucked my shit up. <laughs> it was mostly things that I had purchased. <laughs> but I smash glassware, plates, ripped those flowers up, ripped some herbs that were growing in a pot up, went to the bathroom, might have dumped some unopened expensive bottles of shampoo and conditioner down the bathtub might have uh, found a baseball bat, might have taken that baseball bat, smashed some mirrors, kind of lost my mind, pulled a full crazy bitch. And I, and I got Frankie in the car and I started driving 
And that's when I, that's when all of a sudden it hit me that I was like fully hysterical. Yeah. And I pulled over and I called you. And yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I see. I thought that that story would make me cry, but I've realized that I have completely detached from it. And it it is like I'm telling the story of something that happened to someone else, not me. Yeah. Because I'm not in any way connected to that story. I can't. I cannot connect to it. Like my body. I think I would lose my mind if I actually felt the emotion. Well, I think you're a different person. I feel like the person. A lot happened after that also mm-hmm. that I think really closed a door yeah, for you on that whole relationship and on who you were in and somewhat after that relationship. And so well, it is I, a different person. I, I, for the first time, felt like I had an anger to latch on to. I have never felt more disrespected yeah, I don't think that she intended for me to see that, mm-hmm. but she also fully arranged for me to walk in on that, whether or not it was intentional. Like she didn't. It she was made, thoughtless. It was thoughtless. It was careless. And only after I called you and you know we arranged to meet up, did I realize that the reason that she asked me in the first place to take care of Frankie that weekend was because that girl was in town. And I don't think I realized that the girl was in town until, like, later. Like, weirdly, my brain just, like, couldn't grab... Like, I was like, oh, she must just be having these things. I don't think I thought about it. You didn't. But then I realized, oh, my God, she's at brunch with, with this, this girl. girl. Like, that girl is at my house. to come to your house... With shit that you did not pick up. When you're having brunch with another woman? Like, that's the... Du- like, that's the thing. She's a dumbass. I can't imagine being that thoughtless and careless with her. Oh my god, no. Or my worst enemy. And the thing is, is like, there have been times in which, like, I have been keeping Frankie and I, like, turned people down, like, people that I was seeing, turned them down for, like, coming over or, like, told them I wasn't available because I didn't want to introduce our dog to this new person. To this new person, like, without, like, Talk, like without it being a person that I really care about without like me running this past my ex like I really wanted us to be like on the same page about that and it hurt me so much to know that not only were we not on the same page about that like this this girl has met my my child basically without me knowing like and I think maybe my ex was trying to avoid telling me about it to avoid hurting me but ultimately I got hurt all over again yeah and I thought that I knew every shade of hurt in this experience. And then experiencing that and going through that was like new, unexplored realms of hurt yeah. that just washed over me. And I, I mean, it was a bad day. Yeah. You spent the whole day with me, pretty much. I think it turned out to be a great day. I took a lot of Xanax. You took so much Xanax. <laughs> it was my first time taking it in a long time, too. Like, I had not taken it at all. Yeah. And I took, like, at least two. Yeah. Well, you absolutely needed it. And... I was not okay. You were not okay, but you said goodbye to your dog. Like, you literally chose to not... I mean, she did ask you that. She... She was being really rude. She was being horrific, right? Yeah. 
the ex came over to get the dog because you forgot to mention that you stole the note and the nudes. <laughs> I you absolutely. I stole, stole the note and I stole the nudes because I wanted her to know that. Like I wanted her to have to. I don't know. Again, I didn't think about you it a lot. Her I just to took come it. Get your shit. And I wanted her to have to come get it and like look at me. Yeah. And, and like hand, me hand over a wad of nudes. Yeah. And a love note to someone else. Yeah. And I wanted her to fucking look at me while she did it. Yeah. And I wanted her to come get Frankie because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. No, I don't know how to explain it. So she gets there and she's pissed beyond. She's pissed and she's also just being obviously very emotionally detached and stern. Weird. She was being weird. Yeah. And she he, was, she said things that were so mean to me that she, that in the worst fights of our five year relationship, she, we never just said to each other. She then asked me, uh, she basically gave me a choice, which was like, you need to decide if you're okay, like whether or not you want to see your dog again. Oh yeah. Basically. That's exactly what she said. She said, you need to decide whether or not you want to be in this dog's life. Yep. Quote unquote. And And you said no. I said, I can't. And that, see, now I'm going to cry because it was never about her. It was never about having her in my life, like, you know, after the therapy, I understood and I realized and I accepted that, like, she didn't want to be with me and that it was never going to happen and that, like, I was over it and, but having to, oh, God, having to, like, look at my dog for the last time, basically. A dog that I raised. Raised. I won't say single-handedly. I mean, my ex was very much involved, but she traveled a lot for work. The first two years of Frankie's life was her home with me every day when I was freelancing. Like, yeah. I was her primary caretaker. And she was one of the one sources of comfort for me in this breakup. Was, like, knowing that, like, no matter what, like, you know, my ex and I were on the same page about, like, this dog that we had together. And I, like I said, I, I mean, it was just, I haven't. I haven't emotionally gone there and I haven't dealt with that. Yeah. And I'm, you know, people ask me about her, the dog, and I, like, I'm just, like, I choke. Like, my friend texted me the other day and was like, hey, like, I'm taking the dogs here. Like, do you want to bring Frankie? And I just, like, Can't even respond. didn't even respond. Yeah. Like, my other friend was like, do you want to, like, you want me to, like, bring my dog over? And I was like, like, being around dogs, seeing dogs is, like, incredibly triggering for me because I don't want to be with those dogs. I want to be with my dog. Yeah. And I had to say no to preserve myself. And I thought that I had done all the hard things already in this breakup. I never thought she'd put me in that position to make that choice. And it's fucked up. It's just straight up fucked up. I mean, it's fucked up, but it's also... stupid, and it it's w- fucked up. It would be unsustainable for you to continue sharing this dog with this human being. I just, my ex is the only person in the world, is the only person in the world who understands what that dog meant to us. Yeah. And understands what we went through with that dog, understands all the training, all the money, all the time, all the sleepless nights, all of the hauling her back and forth to the trainer and to boarding and to daycare and to socializing her and to like train like again like it's I know I know that it's not the same as having a kid and I would never say that it is but I'm a person who doesn't want to have kids the closest yeah I'll ever get is gonna be a dog and I put three years of my life into this animal who was the love of my life 
and I had and I don't know if I'm gonna see her ever again and I know she misses me <sighs> because how could she not like she was used to being with me all the time mm-hmm. and you know my ex's schedule is very flexible in the summer because of her job and I know that Frankie is being taken really good care of but I'm like what's gonna happen in the fall when yeah. like the ex goes back to work and like you know I a lot could change from now until then and maybe maybe she'll apologize to me and maybe we'll get into a better position but like right now I just don't understand I don't it's like unforgivable what she did yeah and I didn't deserve any of it no not at all I'm not a shitty person and I so like delicately tried to avoid like that exact scenario with her like you know, like, there was a time that she wanted to come drop Frankie off, and, like, I had someone over, and I was, like, no. You know, like, I just, I I was so private about what I was doing with my life and, like, never, like, didn't want to tell our mutual friends or, like, try to be very much, like, quiet about, like, you know, I never wanted to hurt her, and she just didn't care whether she hurt me or not. She was that, I mean, careless. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize, like, I was about to sign my life away and be with someone forever, that was that fucking careless and stupid. With you. With me. With everything, really. I mean, that's just, that was a huge point With of the character throughout yeah. our relationship. It was like she had no mean bone in her body, but would do some stupid fuck shit. Yeah. And then hurt people. Me. Other people. Because she's careless and thoughtless. And I don't want to be with somebody who's careless and thoughtless. Nope. With me or with anybody, to be frank. No. But that's, it's so good for you to see that finally because oh, for so it. long you were like this angel of a person I can't believe I can't believe I can't believe yeah and now you're at a point where you can be like this person's flawed like I understand why we can't and we weren't supposed to be together and like there wasn't a problem with their relationship but like there was a problem with her and that's the thing it's like right when I found out the shit about my ex it's like here are all the character traits that make up this human being that now currently exists. And I got really angry first. Whereas I think it it took this to make you really angry. It did. It was everything else I could understand. I could follow the logic. But to send me in to a house where you've got another bitch posted up in my fucking bed. Eating off my motherfucking plates. Hanging out with my motherfucking dog. Like... Ooh, no. that that's why I flashed out. I flashed out. Well, and you know what else I took? I took the note and I took the pictures, but I also took the ring that I gave her when we got a domestic partnership because she, up until Kelly, Kelly had been wearing it. And when I would see her, when she would drop Frankie off or, like, when we'd hang out, like, I would see her wearing it. And one time I kind of, like, got mad about it and I confronted her about it. And I was like, why are you wearing this ring? Like, I can't wear mine. Like, I took it off the day we broke up, you know? Yeah. And she was like, it, I, you know, it reminds me of how grateful I am for you and how, like, grateful I am for our time together. And, like, like she wasn't wearing it on that finger, but she was still wearing it. And it really pissed me off. Yeah. And so when I went to that house, I took that fucking ring. And I was like, you're not getting this back. You don't get to wear this ring. No. You don't get to wear this ring. You don't get to remember how great I was. You don't get to 
have this fond memory of me and and memorialize it in a ring that you're wearing like what a fucking sick psychopath thing to do it's fucking sick dude it's like so you want to wear a ring but you don't want to be with me like okay no so i wasn't gonna let her do that and i took it and i left i gave her back the key that i had to our place yep that is now hers Mm mm-hmm because it wasn't appropriate for me to have it to begin with, honestly. And, and I thought, again, I thought, I thought, I thought, I assumed. Mm-hmm. I assumed. Well, you think, you're like, we're going to work this out. We're responsible adults. It's like, that's fine. Like, you're not going to be a complete fucking shitbag. But turns out, you're a complete fucking shitbag. Totally. And, wow. Not letting, never, you know, what I, we talked, you and I both talked to several of our friends about this afterward. And, you know, what I said was, what that situation made me realize I'm never going to let somebody elicit that kind of reaction from me ever again well yeah and that's what our friend Joy also said because she had a similar situation where she did that to someone that had cheated on her and I was like oh my god I have never had that reaction I've never done that I've been nothing but graceful I have been nothing but understanding I've definitely like said my piece but I have been... You haven't raged. I haven't raged. And whenever y'all both talked to me about that, I was like, holy shit. Like, is there some sort of closure that I'm not receiving because I have not shown this person? Like, how irrevocably like, he has fucked me up. And, like... There's no closure. There... Well, true. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in closure. I don't think it's possible. I think that every time people try to, try to pursue closure... They end up just exacerbating or reopening a wound. That's the closure, a great fucking point. The closure that you get is within you. It has nothing to do with the conversation that you have with that person. It has everything to do with where you're at. That has been my experience. And, and lesbians, <laughs> we love to process. We yeah, love, I'm sure. We love the idea of closure. What closure is for lesbians is six months of processing with your ex and what y'all are still fucking and like weirdly together, but like not together, but like weirdly together, but not together. Yeah. I'm not that kind of lesbian. And you're not about to be that kind of lesbian No, either. and I've never, like, that definitely happened, but it ended quickly and, and at his expense, like, because of him. But it does piss me off that I'll never be able to hurt him in the way that he hurt me. And it, it in, in the same way where you're like, oh, it's so sick that this person will, like, wear my ring. Like, he's told me before, he's like, you're too good for this world. Like, he's playing this victim and I'm this, like holy figure or something it's it's, a manipulation it is and it's also just like such a stupid excuse of like i'm not worth it or like i'm this and i'm this and i'm like you're talking about yourself in the third person and like and like you're a monster it's like that's excusing every single behavior you ever had well excusing is the right word for it but it also like right like if if he says like you're this great person and i'm just a shitty person then that is finite right like meaning well he you can't change and he can't change instead of being like actually I'm an okay person who just behaves really shittily and what? doesn't process anything. If he just goes That's and scrubs his hands and I'm shitty, well then there's then he's never going to change because he just accepted and that he he's shitty. And he never would shitty. have. And we knew we knew that we, we knew. know that from the beginning. But that's the thing. The thing that made me the most. I was like, but you can, but you can, but you can because you You're can. You're choosing not to. You're choosing literally. Like, and I've told him that so many times. Of like every single action you've taken has been of your own accord, and you've had complete control over every action you've ever taken in your life. So guess where you are right now? Yeah, you're in control, boo. 
Right? Yeah, y'all are control fucking freaks. Like, so you don't have to like dissolve out of your hands. What are you talking about, you crazy bitch? Hate so it just, it's just extremely frustrating. Like he called himself like bar trash. Like, oh, I'm just bar trash. Blah, blah, I can blah. think of so many better words to describe him. Oh, yeah. But also, like, why? Because why? Then he doesn't have to change. <sighs> That's what it is. He, you realize that if he I says, know, but I'm I just shitty, can't, as fundamentally, some... then it absolves him of ever having uh, to make oh, a change and be better. 100%. But it's just, like, I can't fathom, as someone who, like, a Taurus is supposed to hate change, first of all. I fucking love change. I'm like, how do we all, like, we, we should all change every day. You know, like, what can we choose to get better on right fucking now? You love a change. Like, um, yeah, like, I'm a seven in the Enneagram. Oh, Here God. we are. We're going to go through all of the fucking personality tests. But it's like, I don't understand how someone could be okay with that for themselves and not want to crawl in a hole and never come out. So y'all are different. People are different. Ugh. So basically, what, what the summation is him saying, I'm a shitbag, is him absolving himself of any responsibility for what he did. And he's done that from the very beginning of when I found out what happened. And he's done that from the very beginning of our relationship. And you, like, you notice the flags, but you're like, oh, like, we're both young, and, like, we're both still in college, and we're gonna grow up. Now, he's 30. How embarrassing is that? Not cute. It's not fucking attractive. Not hot. Not at all. Not hot. Absolutely not. You know what I don't wanna fuck? You know what I, who I don't wanna fuck? Like, God. A 30-year-old who can't take responsibility oh for his actions. Oh my god, it's like so or, It's the same way where you're like, I'm not gonna be with anyone that's fucking careless. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be able to, No. This person's gonna be like financially fucking stable. They're gonna be careful. They're gonna be fucking like full of change in life and like growth and yeah. self-help books all over the fucking place. So you wanna date yourself. Myself, yeah. That's what I'm doing right now. And that's what you're doing right now. Exactly. Do you wanna tell us about the last sort of... Um, exchange yeah. that the two of you had so sydney told me to block him and i did and then i unblocked him and the funny thing apart about blocking someone on instagram if you didn't know this or if you're trying to block someone here's a tip just mute them because when you block them and then you want to fucking stalk them again like a psychopath like a psychopath you have to refollow them so they know that you blocked them or unfollowed. So anyways, that happened multiple times on only my end. He's just sitting over there being thoughtless as fuck. I, I can't believe... I, I mean, I'm just so shocked at how... Like, meaning, if anybody, if you thought anybody would do that, you'd think it would be me. But I'm so nosy. You know I'm so nosy. Like, I have to know what's going on. Ugh, but at your own detriment. Yeah, of course. But, like, I'm never oh. embarrassed by anything. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll get over it. I hate this for you. Anyway. I know. So... You unblock him. I unblock him. Anderson, how long ago? This, I don't, how, was that a month ago? Probably a month ago. Probably a month ago. Anderson Pock is an amazing artist, if you don't know about him. Side note. Side note. And he comes to New Orleans, and my ex is going to the show. And I love Anderson Pock. We would have gone to that show together, so that was heartbreaking to me in general, the fact that we were not going to go to this show together and enjoy this artist that we had listened to so many times in our house, in the car, just, like, loving him and his style, like, everything. So I'm dealing with that, but I'm also, like, cool. Anders Pock's coming in town. He's going to go to this show at Champion Square, my ex, and it's going to be packed. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find a fucking way 
to literally touch Anderson Park. Like, I'm going to do that. So I end up, this is called manifesting, everyone. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I end up having a friend of a friend who knows about this after party where he's supposed to show up. And I'm like, fuck yeah. So we go, it's like midnight at 1.30 in the morning. A woman stands on stage as Anderson Pock is performing on the drums five feet in front of me. Guess who is standing right in front of me? I feel like I know. My queen and idol of all time, Janelle Monet. Wow. Wow. So just like the greatest <sighs> night. Magical night. Ever. Um, He's there. X is there. X is but we not see at, him. No, my, the X is not at this show. I'm at a secret after party, oh, you're at the private secret after party. show, and he got, went to this thing where he was like literally a million feet from the stage, like far away from this artist. Oh, well. So I'm like, haha, oh. bye, bitch. Okay, like, okay, I get it, I get it. Who is gonna always be a step up? You know what I'm saying? Like, I come with perks. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what dating me gets you. I mean, that's why I'm your friend. Exactly. I'm just here to ride your. Which is a really disgusting, petty thing. To say about yourself and think about yourself. It, it's also just hilarious when I'm thinking about the person that you're comparing yourself to in it's, a situation. I know. Because That's why he, it's, so dumb. it's like that dude ain't got a pot to piss in or two pennies to rub together, and you're like, I'm going to a cold show, and he's not like, of course he's not because he has no money <laughs> or a job to speak of. Like, I mean, a job. He has a job. He's a hobby. <laughs> That pays him, like, a stipend. Oh, God. Like, I mean, you're 30 and your parents are paying your bills, so, like, <laughs> uh... We have it's some like qualms. My point is, like, you even remotely it's comparing yourself really to dumb. him is pitiful. It is, and that's why I hate... So I woke up the next morning feeling pitiful because yeah. I had also blocked him at probably 3 in the morning <laughs> because I was so pissed <laughs> that our content that we were posting because we weren't communicating with each other but the content that we were posting just felt like a pissing contest yeah like one-upping each other on yes the which is just the stupidest thing i've ever spent my time doing in I'm my em- life i'm embarrassed it was embarrassing so it. i woke up feeling pitiful and i and i unblocked him but then had to refollow him and then he said that took way like way less time than i thought it would which is I think the moment where I was like, dumb bitch alert, <laughs> dumb bitch alert. Wow, 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 wow. Were you wow. like, I'm a dumb bitch. I'm a dumb bitch is what I thought. <laughs> and I, and then you called me. And then I called you because I was like, I'm a dumb bitch. How do I stop being a dumb bitch? How? Tell me. And, and I said, told me. block him for the billionth time. <laughs> well, you also said something really lovely, Aww. which was that it doesn't matter how this other human being is spending his time because it does not concern me at all whatsoever. And he's not thinking of me Mm-mm. in the way that he's spending his time. And so I should not be considering him in the way that I spend my time. It literally is so far from relevant to you. Not your monkeys, not your circus, dude. Literally. Not your fucking monkeys and not your fucking circus. Like, why do I need to know? I don't need to know. It literally has no bearing on your life. Mm-mm. Also, like, what's funny about it to me, too, is, like, he gonna, like, he gonna get his. You don't have to worry about karma. You don't have to worry about making your point. You don't have to worry about having a big blow up because I promise you the biggest punishment of all in this whole situation is losing you. You are that great of a person. You're that great of a friend. You're that great of a partner. You're that great of a human being that the ultimate punishment for anybody in your life would be to lose you. And I'm dead ass about that. So you're a dumb bitch, but who's the dumber bitch? (laughs) 
for he's, fucking up your he's heart. He's a really dumb bitch. Sincerely. What's, what, again, like, let that karma play itself out. And guess what? You don't need to know anything about it. I don't. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now what's going to happen is you're going to, in a few months, completely forget all about this. He's going to always have you as the bar that he compares everyone else to. And wow, he's going to be disappointed because he's not bringing that level, dude. He's not bringing your level. So he's going to have dated someone at your level and is going to constantly be met with people at his level. And they're never going to measure up. And he's going to consistently, every relationship he has, he's going to say, wow, I fucked up big time. I really fucked up. And he's never going to get you back. Because in the words of my friend Erin, who told me that, you know, she was in my position before and she was like, I'm telling you, in two to five years, you're going to get a phone call. <gasps> she's like, you're going to get a phone call. Holy fuck. Where she's going to be like, it'll happen. She was like, I, she's like, I feel like it's going to happen 100% with you. Oh my God. She's like, you're going to get a phone call, the regret phone call, where they come to Jesus and realize how badly they fucked up. It's so crazy it takes that long. Yep. I mean, you said the same thing though. Remember, you were like, you said, you were like, she's going to... Oh, yeah. Call you. And you said, where are you going to be? And I said, I'm going to be on a fucking yacht. Yes! Yes! We're going to be on a fucking yacht! Where am I going to be in two years when I get that phone call? On a motherfucking yacht. And I'm going to see that phone call. I'm going to see that never pop up. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hit... Reject. Reject. I'm going to hit that red button. I'm going to throw my phone off the yacht into the ocean. <laughs> and someone else is going to buy me a new one. In the Maldives. <laughs> and... We won't give one, one fuck. One, one fuck. singular fuck. And I never thought. I mean, sincerely. Dude, literally, if you listen to the first episode of this I podcast, know, I know. holy fuck. You, I was not, I am at a, I am at a completely different place. Oh, I wish I could like play this for the woman you were. But I Me also too. wish that oh you. Oh my God. I know, but I also wish that I didn't and that I wouldn't because you needed to go through all that and you needed to know that you needed to not know that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You had to like find that for your own being. Yeah. I, so today I went to the gym and I've been going to the gym so much every single day throughout June. And today's Tuesday. I went Monday. Like I, I mean, I was in Costa Rica last week, so I didn't get to go to the gym. I was doing yoga twice a day at my yoga retreat Holler, we won't even talk about... We can't even talk about that. Costa Rica. That's a different episode. That's a different episode. We'll do a bonus episode about Costa Rica. I... I love the gym. I've been I've been working so hard on myself, but I was at the gym today, and um, one of the owners of the gym was in our little, like, before workout huddle, and... Uh, we normally do like a question of the day. It's really mm. cute, but we all like say our name and then like we answer the question. But today, Kristen, my trainer asked, um, told everybody to tell the person to their right something nice about them. Aww. And so, um, Mary, a co-owner of the gym and Kristen's partner just looked at me and was like, Hey, uh, you know, I just, you, I have, you have been so strong and I don't know if you know like how, like I can tell that you're working so hard and it shows and the people in your life see it and like, it's just incredible to see like how fucking strong you are. Holy fuck. And I could have cried. 
right there in the fucking gym. Because here's the thing, I have been working so hard. Mm -hmm. I've been busting my fucking ass to be okay. And I actually am okay. How do you feel about that statement after so long when people told you that you're strong, you would get like really upset and like mad at that? Because you were like, my whole life I've had to be strong. You're right. And I think it like, you know, in the same way that like going through the baseball bat incident of 2019, of 2019 (laughs) taught me new, new varieties and colors and shades of pain. I'm also learning new varieties and colors and shades of strength. And so I thought I was tired of being strong because I had been strong in all the ways that I have always been strong. And like this situation has challenged me to be strong in ways that I just didn't even conceive of. And sometimes the strong, the being strong is simply not dying. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes the strongest you can be when you're that fucking fucked up is just being like, I'm alive today and I'm going to try to not die. I'm just going to get out of my fucking, maybe I just won't get out of bed, but I won't, but I'll just be in my bed, but I'm not going to kill myself. I'm not going to die. Yeah. That and, and the strength of having to just look at myself and be like, you have to love yourself right now. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a choice. It doesn't feel good. It's not inspired, but it's genuinely like in order for you to live today, you're going to have to love yourself and you're going to have to make choices that prioritize you. And that's what I've been doing every single day since March 22nd. I love that the dates for both of us are going to like live in infinity. Oh, January 7th. Yep. Yep. Because it was a day. I have like three things. It's like the day that like our whole lives change. It's the day that like chains were broken. It's a day that a mirror was put in front of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it was like, ha ha, bitch. You really thought that you had this shit figured out. And here we go. The- you're on a, you're like on step one of this journey. You know, every time I feel like we've recorded, we've talked about, like, all these realizations. And, like, one of the, like, biggest for both of us, I'm sure, has been, like, and this is getting a little woo-woo, but, you know, we love it. We love it. Basically, like, nothing is a punishment, right? Like, Mm -mm. nothing that happens to us is a punishment for something that we did wrong. It is, however, a lesson that we have to learn. And what I have learned is if you cling... Like, if you get comfortable, if you are comfortable, Mm -hmm. if you are clinging tightly to your job, a friend, a a living situation, a partner, a set of circumstances, if you cling on to those too tightly, the universe is like, oh, you're comfortable. You feel safe. You, if you feel comfortable and safe, you're not growing. Mm Mm-hmm. And what I believe is that we're put here. And I believe that some maybe our soul or our subconscious or something chose that chose this life. We chose to come and be here in a physical form. I think that we in some kind of different plane of existence agreed to everything that we're that we're going through right now as a way to teach us to grow and to evolve and to become higher versions of ourselves. So if we believe that, if I believe that, which I do, that we chose all this, that was preordained in some way, Mm -hmm. then comfort 
is the exact opposite of what we should be reaching for. Of what we should be reaching for. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being at a state in your life where you're like, whew. But my point is, don't get too comfortable with that deep breath in and deep breath out because that is when the universe says, okay, great, you're comfortable. Now it's time for me to throw a fucking monkey wrench in and put you through it because that is when you're going to grow. Well, yeah, you have to be challenged. You have to be challenged. And it's so scary because as humans, that is like against every piece of us is all we want is stability and routine and comfort. And I mean, maybe not you because you love change. You just said that. But most of us don't. Most of us, all we want is to find our person and buy a house and move in and like, that's it forever. And like, we did the thing and now we're going to have baby. Like, literally doesn't make sense to me at all. It didn't make sense to me until I fell in love in that way. And that's exactly what I wanted. Now, I don't know if I ever want that again with anybody. No. I don't know if I could ever want that. I don't know. I said I would never get, I mean, literally, like you said, if I listen to that first episode, I'll yeah, you said you never. Yeah, who cares? Like we can't say never. We can't, we can't say, say never. never. We think about all that's changed in the few months. No, I mean, you're right. goddamn, we've been fucking through it, and we have changed so much in a few months. Like, God, next year you could be fucking married. <laughs> I mean, we don't oh, know. God. I fucking hope not. I hope not too. But like, <laughs> I twenty twenty, uh, we don't know. Twenty twenty is coming at us real fast. It's coming in hot. <laughs>